This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst, your boys from the Draft Deck. NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA Podcast Network. My name is Corey Talba, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, how we doing today, brother? We're doing. It's a good day. Um, a lot of exciting time, a lot of, wow, a lot of exciting time. That makes sense. (laughs) A lot of exciting stuff going on. Good start to the pod today. Um, we're in March and that means the madness is happening. So that's always exciting, but, um, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. We're talking about a good player today. Today. Wow. Am I okay? You're on fire. I'm he's on fire. But um, I'm ready to rock, I I guess, maybe, hopefully. (laughs) Let's rock, let's rock today. Yes, we are covering um, a very exciting prospect. We have Taylor Hendricks of UCF um, on the docket today. He is a freshman forward, uh, I guess, position is, I guess, one of the the topics of conversation I'm sure we'll hit. Uh, He is 19, he will be 19.6 years old on draft night. He is listed at 6'9". 210 pounds uh did not find a reported wingspan for him at the moment um he is playing 34 minutes a game averaging 15.6 points per game 6.8 rebounds 1.4 assists to 1.4 turnovers uh 0.9 steals 1.7 blocks uh while shooting 49% 49% from the field, 41% from the three-point line, 79.6% from the free throw line, true shooting percentage of 60.6, PER 23.7, uh, box score plus minus of 8.6. So all very good numbers for one Taylor Hendricks um, out of UCF, which I attended for a semester until they dropped my major. Beautiful campus. Oh, very nice. Beautiful campus. You saw some, you know, alligators on the the morning commute in. It's a whole thing. Um, Breaking down Taylor Hendricks' draft stock. Preseason, this was a guy who was not some super highly touted prospect. He was not on um, draft boards at the time. He did not make the first iteration of the top 40 draft act IPO. Currently, however, ESPN has him at 13, the athletic at 19, Tankathon at 21, Draft Digest uh, at 18, Bleach Report at 11, The Ringer at 10, No Ceilings at 18, although 
I think that when we do our updated big board next week, I would anticipate a rise based on some of the conversations in the group text. Uh, that's an average stock price of 15.7. He did rank 15th on the February draft update at noceilingsmba.com. So, Albert, I ask you every episode, is Taylor Hendricks stock price too high, too low, or is it just right at 15.7 right now? Um, 15.7 seems pretty good. Um, the funny thing is, Corey, I went into our database to find the last uh, big board I put in there. And for whatever reason, mine is gone. Or actually, all <laughs> of ours are gone. Unless I'm tripping out. I maybe... think you have to, I don't know, Nathan Finagle, that oh, you have to click like a yes. little button. You're the, uh, This is going to yes. be embarrassing for you because I you've been it. you've been <laughs> talking about how good you are at excel um, no I, I didn't realize you put in a new one but you're right okay i found it here we go shout out to uh, nathan this is um this is not my best episode slow start slow it's start. Th- there's nowhere to go but up i hey i'm the taylor hendrix of this pod here we go that's right so um so currently i mean on the last big board that I did I had him at 29th and I think the reason why I had him at 29th and we kind of discussed this a little bit um I don't remember if this was on air or off air but I think the way that oh no actually I believe the last time we did a big board pod I talked about this with Hendrix where uh, I had a couple of questions about him I think the way that he was being perceived and talked about was a little confusing for me and then you gave me some clarity so yeah he's definitely gonna be higher on my board but 15 doesn't seem ridiculous it doesn't feel too low nor does it feel too high in my opinion um obviously I think I'll, I'll get closer to 15 on the next board so for me I think it feels just right for now and uh, I I think that that is, you know, a pretty appropriate take. It's level-headed. There are people who have him higher up yeah. um, on the internet, and I think that's fair too. And I think I'll, I'll give that perspective of the, argu- of the argument at some point. Um, I, I'm going to have him somewhere between 10 and 15, I think. And because earlier today I was thinking about it, and I was like, I think I'm going to have him like closer to, to 10 yeah then 15 and then i went and looked at my big board and i was like oh there's a lot of interesting players here mm-hmm. right so it, a lot of it is um gonna be how much do you weigh that potential of maybe some of these wings versus maybe the safety of what taylor Hendricks could bring to the table here and i think that's gonna be kind of the argument because you know i've talked to some nba people uh, who work in the league. And I, I think that, you know, Hendricks is a, a really popular guy on the internet and for good reason. But I think that there are going to be some teams that are a little higher versus lower. Cause I think some teams kind of see him for what he is. And maybe there's going to be a team that's like, I think we could turn him into something that he's not currently at UCF because he's in college and these kids get better. So at 15, which is right on the border of the lottery, at this point, I think that's like, I'm not like, this is a catastrophe that this is what his draft stock is. I think that he's a, a, a solid player. And I think there are guys who you can talk yourselves into potentially higher ceilings. And if you value that, that's going to put those guys higher on your board, where if you value maybe a more, I don't know, realistic outlook, you might value Hendricks more. So I think, I think it's fair. Now, I'm going to give you $10 to invest as I usually do. And this was a tricky one because I actually, I tried 
going with guys who were kind of similar to each other. And what I quickly realized is that there are not a lot of guys in this draft who are kind of like Taylor Hendricks. So, and I think that actually helps him as a candidate to potentially go a little bit higher at a certain point. Hmm. So I'm going to give you $10 to invest. You can split that up between Taylor Hendricks, Noah Clowney, and Leonard Miller. See, okay, these were not names that I was expecting. I thought you were going to give me. I actually, can I tell you, I actually thought you were going to throw Jed Howard in there just to, <laughs> just to mess with me. But. No, I was not. I I didn't want that, and that was the the part of the trouble with me uh-huh. coming up with with names is that like, um, I think you could kind of see why I would include Clowney. Yeah. Right. Uh, whereas, I think, um. Leonard Miller is like you you kind of have to squint a little bit to see yeah. it but but you get it cuz the other name I was thinking is like Kalel Ware maybe but like do we need yeah. to have that conversation right now No no we don't No we don't no. <laughs> Okay I can give you an answer I'm going to okay. give you an answer because I think where I'm at cuz we're submitting big boards this weekend um <clears throat> been doing some stuff on my own and I feel like Hendricks um I'm not all the way there like you are, where he'd be closer to 10 for me. Um, no slight against you. I, I I totally see it after doing the deep dive. Um, and I think I will be closer to 15, like you said. Like, you know, the average came out to be, which would put him at the highest of the three um, that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I think I could do... Because my thing with Leonard Miller is, like, I absolutely hate how his jump shot looks. Yeah. Um, I saw it. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not like a one of the prettier jump shots especially like seeing it up close i was like oh like that it, what is that i i'm not sure you know um so okay let's do this um let me stick to my guns here okay. i'm gonna give hendrix five bucks okay i'm gonna give clowny three and letter miller two five three two is how i'll go about it okay that's that's fair and I like how you split that up. I think I'm going to give Hendrick six. Mm. Okay. I'm going to give, and then I'll split the rest. I'll give Clowney two and Leonard Miller two. Because uh, I do like Clowney. And I think Leonard Miller has been interesting this year. But I think for me, I just see the translation uh, for for Hendrix a little bit clearer. Um, JH on YouTube says $10 to Taylor Hendrix in the chat. <laughs> so shout out to the chat. And uh, we'll get to some of the questions in the chat that aren't Taylor Hendrix specific, you know, at, at some point later in, in the pod. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I think now that we've invested in Hendrix, I, I think now it, it only makes sense that it's time that, you know, we we start breaking down the games uh, and and the strengths and the weaknesses of of one Taylor Hendricks. So, where do you want to to start with Taylor Hendricks? Um, we should stay true to the brand and uh, start with the shooting because it's he's good at it. The guy's good at it. So let's start there. The guy is good at at shooting, and you know, I think that if you are a guy who 
is looking at somebody who you you know you value from the the forward position a guy who could really space the floor you're going to quite enjoy what taylor hendricks brings to the table this is a guy who it's very easy to see and and ucf a lot and it's you know i kind of wish that they would get a little bit more creative with him at times because he does have some limitations as well it's very easy to see that is a very pretty jump shot he's got a high release he's tall it's smooth it's repeatable there's good follow through like this is something that you're like okay this works at the nba level right and and that's why he's so intriguing why he's getting lottery buzz because when when we get into some of the defensive stuff later on you look at a guy who's a three and d archetype and and it's easy to see the translation and how seamlessly he would fit on you know a ton of of different rosters. Yeah, um Corey, I love everything that you said. He's gigantic. And um the thing is sometimes when you get these giant guys who can shoot, uh their jumpers kind of look like um catapults, but his just looks very fluid and tight and beautiful and repeatable and it's good. And my my notes were like really complex. I wrote shooting looks pretty as hell. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I really went deep there. And I was like, <laughs> dude, it just looks freaking good. And um, it made me happy to watch. And look at it, look at his jumper right here. Bam. Yeah, it's pure. It's it's pure, it's quick, it's it looks really good. I and and once again, like he's huge. I, I don't know what his wingspan is gonna come out to be, but it looks pretty damn long. But once again, like a lot of times these guys who have like super long arms, it looks weird, but just look at it, it's compact, it looks pretty and I just I really like it a lot. Now, um, when we start talking about like the diversity of the shots that he's taken, um, I do think his shooting looks prettiest off the catch um, mm-hmm. is what I'd yeah. say. Um, and we'll get into the other you know types of shots that he's taken. But just straight up from the clips that you're showing us here, from what I saw on tape, um, the catch and shoot shooting is really nice. And that's going to be important considering, um, you know, as a rookie, these are the most likely going to be the types of shots that he's going to be getting and is going to be asked to make. So here's another example, pick and pop. Look at this one. Bang. Beautiful. Yeah. There's no, no hesitation. It's quick release. Right. My, my one thing with him as like a pick and pop guy, the shot, I'm not worried at all. And this is just a more general thing with him. Mm -hmm. He does not, he's not a good screener. And when I say that, it's just like, he just doesn't do it. <laughs> like, it's just not for him. Like he, he will ghost the screen. He will slip a screen. If he makes any contact with a player on the opposing team, it's just by accident. Like he's just standing in the way. So, <clears throat> you know, I do wish that that part of his game was a little bit more refined, especially because we're saying like, he is going to be a pick and pop guy early on simple catch shoot off of that. Uh, and I think, you know, guards are so dynamic in the NBA that like, is it going to be a, the biggest of deals? No, but at the same time, every split second matters in the league. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you could give your guard just a little bit more space, you know, I value that. Uh, is it a deal breaker? No, I think it could be taught. Does it always, is it always learned? No. But, you know, that's that's kind of my one thing with his, you know, pick and pop ability is that, yeah, it's more of just a, a pop for sure <laughs> rather, no, rather than anything else. No, Corey, I, I, I think I really agree with what you just said. And it's something that um, I heard discussed on the Bill Simmons pod with uh, Rob Mahoney, and he was talking about the effect that um, Jakob Pertl has had on the Raptors. Right. And before uh-huh. he got there, it was mostly just, you know, Scotty Barnes and Pia- um, Siakam and Boucher. And these guys are not uh 
they're not really known for their screen setting. Um, hmm. But, you know, they bring Pirtle in there and this guy's a huge guy who is a really good screen setter. And he's really enabled uh, Fred Van Vliet to get better looks. And, you know, you're talking about these split second um, seconds are getting added on to, you know, the, the ball handlers having a little bit more space, a little bit more wiggle, wiggle room. And it does mean a lot. Um, but, Corey, I did want to follow up with what you're saying and say that um, the lack of physicality from Hend- Hendricks, um, yeah, shows in the screen setting, but also in different areas of his game as well, which I know mm-hmm. we're going to get into. But um, yeah, just going back to the shooting, I, I'm with you. I, I really like it a lot. Um, but uh, we'll see more. Yeah. So off the dribble, though, Corey, I wanted to get your thoughts because yeah. I think it's a mixed bag. Um, I, I personally thought that so when he's shooting off the catch, um, I feel like he does a g- really good job of engaging the core and engaging the, the lower half. But I felt like um, off the dribble at times, uh, it was a little raw, to say the least. Um, I think at times like his footwork is nowhere near the same uh, when he's shooting it off the dribble. And a lot of times, like I, I think he just doesn't have that same lower half strength and he, he can short arm a lot of shots. But I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that because it, it does look pretty different in my opinion. Yeah, because he's got a very narrow base and shooting. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yes. so there, there's, there isn't a ton of like core or lower body um, mm-hmm. strength there. It, the video that we're playing for those who are just listening in podcast form, <clears throat> this is something I do want to point out about him as an offensive player. When he catches the ball on a triple threat and he faces up, he does it in a goofy stance. Like most righties are going to use their left foot as their pivot foot. And that's going to, uh, you know, put you in a more natural position to shoot it. It's going to put you in a more natural position to attack going to your strong hand. He prefers, and Evan Mobley did this a lot, um, and I, I think it's to at least Taylor Hendricks' detriment. Like, I think he'd be better if he he cleaned it up. He prefers to to use that right foot as a pivot, and it, it could look funky. It could look weird. I mean, this video that we've been playing for the YouTube, like, you know, he kind of gets the the defender to to lose their footing almost you know as an ankle breaker and he mm-hmm. he ultimately um you know knocks down the shot right in their face but i when we talk about him you know as a creator who is who is doing more um kind of like off the bounce it looks you know it's it, he's shooting i think center per synergy like 30% um off the bounce yeah. so it's clearly very much a a work in progress and you know for me like i'm not really a buyer in his self-creation ability Mm -hmm. yes and you know i've heard people throw around like i think he could be a wing or a three and like i don't see that um i don't know if nba teams are going to see that i know certain teams aren't going to see that and and to me he's very like much so like almost like a pure four um because he also kind of lacks strength and not not in his upper body but in his lower half that i don't yes. know if he's strong enough to to play the five at least not for like uh you know in in more traditional lineups maybe in some small ball lineups sure but uh i it's 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 very rudimentary his ball handling is very rudimentary and yeah. it makes it even though like he can get shots off because he's tall and he has a high release his handle is very sloppy uh, it's very rudimentary, and and Steven did a great job um, at when he went to see Taylor Hendricks live and got to ask him some questions uh, last week. In that, you know, he was like, "What are you working on?" And Taylor Hendricks said, "Like I'm working on my handle." Yeah. My thing is, I think 
I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get his handle to a point with where it's at currently, where he's going to be able to create at the next level and where teams are going to be like, we want you to do this. This is worth investing these reps in. Mm. Corey, I I think I'll say this. I think the tricky thing with him is that I think a lot of NBA teams are going to invest in the exact thing that you're talking about. I think a lot of teams are going to look at the shooting. I think they're going to look at his like functional athleticism and be like, oh, okay, so we, we have him in the building. Now we can groom him into a wing. I, I hope that's not the case, right? But I feel like there would be a lot of NBA teams that might have that thought process um, because, I mean, there are other examples of this in the league, right? Um, but my biggest thing with him, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I mean, even like, so now that teams have a scouting report on him, they know that he can shoot, um, they, they close up pretty hard on him. And uh, when they do, you know, he'll do a little head fake and take like one dribble or two dribble or whatever. And it's it's generally sloppy. I think sloppy. The, what I wrote in my in my notes was clunky. Um, even when he takes it all the way to the rim, a lot of that stuff, like he's getting stripped all the time. Um, and if he's not getting stripped, and even the, if there's like the slightest swipe, he's losing the ball um, physically, as you mentioned, right? He is lacking a lot of strength, so uh, he's not great at taking contact nor finishing through contact. I I can't even remember off the top of my head head him having like a really nice finish through contact. Um, but just overall, like, I think I'm with you. Like, the, the creation stuff is not there at all right now. I mean, we, when we even talk about, like, a guy like Jairus Walker, when we did him before the season, just looking off his high school stuff, he had real shake to him. The handle was tight. He could do stuff with the ball in his hands. Taylor Hendricks is just not that guy. He he, he doesn't have that anywhere near even Jairus Walker, in my opinion. So um, I'm kind of with you. And and even in the comp that I picked for him was a guy who's more of a four, but even for him to reach that guy, he's going to need to tighten his handle by a lot is uh, what I'd say. So I'm, I'm, de- I'm definitely with you. Yeah, for sure. The, the handle and it's, it's not only is the handle loose and like in this clip we see, he's just kind of like, you know, he dribbles into yeah, his yeah. teammate or whatever, but like he also doesn't necessarily, like it's not his game. You could tell he's not used to doing that. And so he doesn't necessarily even have the recognition recognition of like spacing on the court, you know, like in, in this clip, he's, he's literally just dribbling yeah. into like a sea of blue jerseys, like right into the help. He, he doesn't have like the, the natural fluidity off the bounce. He doesn't have like shake. Like he tries to do a little crossover and there's just, you know, guys beat him to the spot. They collapse on him and he doesn't really know what to do when he gets himself in trouble. Uh, so it looks weird. So like <clears throat> there's going to be more room in the NBA mm-hmm. on the court and that will help. Um, but I, I think just overall, when I'm, I'm I'm looking at him as a creator, I just think fundamentally he is at such a basic beginner level like that it's hard to imagine this is something that is a, a part of his game for a while. Like if you see like he's turning his heads down in this clip against Temple and he again drives right into the help and he doesn't have the handle to get himself out of it and he just like it's almost like what are what's your plan here? Like what is the, the high end outcome of you dribbling into four red jerseys because I don't think he's a good passer out of a dribble. <laughs> and I think that's part of um, like the, the selling point for him. His game is very easy. Catch and shoot threes, space the floor, 
and play defense, block shots. Like that yeah. is a good selling point. Yeah. But beyond that, like it's hard to see that high end like star outcome with him because I, you know, stuff like this where he's just, you know, it's just a little bit raw. It's yeah. just it's it's just a little raw. No, Corey, I think what you're describing and what you just said is exactly why I had him lower on my personal board for so long was because I, I think the lens that people were looking at him through was what bothered me the most. Like there was nothing about Taylor Hendricks when I watched him that made me go like, oh, like this guy is going to be able to play the wing. Like I, I just couldn't see that at all. And the more that I felt like I, I saw people saying that or, you know, kind of referring to him in that through that lens it it confused me a lot because like you said and also Corey what you described as a role in terms of a guy who is 6'9 can you know consistently shoot um really well from outside and also is gonna be like an 80 percent free throw shooter while also playing solid on ball and off ball defense like that's a really really valuable NBA player and 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 prototype um, that I think a lot of teams would be looking for. So I, I hope he, our listeners don't think that uh, that's you kind of sliding the guy. I, I think it's just really hard to be a superstar. It's really hard to be a number one option in the NBA, the freaking greatest basketball league in the world. It, it, not everyone gets to do that. And just because you're not that doesn't mean you're not a really, really good player. So I, I think with everything that you're saying, Corey, and what we're saying right now in terms of his ability on the offensive side of the ball – the 15 to 20 range isn't crazy for a guy of that, of that, of that mold. Let's take a quick break. And then I want to expand on, on this. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, and and, and that's why I, I think that there are going to be highs and lows for, for Hendricks as where people value his draft stock because he's not the most creative offensive player. Now, are there flashes of, of some of these things? And it, like when you really squint hard, can you see it? Sure. Like this is a, a you know, it's a okay <laughs> possession, right? He, he, he dunks uh, on Houston. He, he crosses Jarris kind of, um, Juwan Roberts doesn't rotate over for the help, which he should have, but that's fine. Uh, you know, when you got a guy like Jarris Walker, you're probably expecting he's gonna be able to, to wall that off at, at times. But even on this cross, it's very rudimentary. Like, he almost loses the handle itself. It's on an empty side of the court. Um, so like, yeah, can he maybe develop something like this where it's like one or two quick dribbles and attack the rim? I think that's the hope, right? Because when we, we talk about his, his offensive game, I think one of the things that I do think 
that he can develop is, and and I want to see it more often because sometimes I see it and I'm like, oh, let's go. Mm-hmm. Is that mid range, yeah. like at the elbow? Like mm-hmm. I want to see that that you're at the elbow and you just face up and you just knock down that that shot. Like you don't think you you have the height. Like this is where he could create a little bit. Bang, smooth, like mm-hmm. nothing to it. You could just shoot over people. You're tall. You have a smooth shot. There's nothing to think about. Create space, face up, look him in the eyes, bang. He also, Corey, he also does a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's like great or really good at it. But another thing that I noticed with him is he he, he likes to catch it on the left block, kind of like baseline area, uh, face up, and then do a little, you know, over the right shoulder fadeaway on the baseline that, you know, what? It went in a couple of times, so it was pretty good. But, you know, I think it's good that he has a shot or a couple of shots from the mid-range that he feels comfortable in. The one thing I will say, though, that we mentioned before is that, like, off of, you know, hard closeouts, when he does take a tri- couple dribbles inside and then he's pulling up off that off the dribble <laughs> is kind of where I think he gets in trouble. But when he catches it right there at, at the elbow and he can kind of face and shoot, it does look a lot better. So Yeah, like... You know, this is like you said, this is where you, you kind of get in trouble. And it's what I do want to see him develop, but I think he, he kind of rushes it and he goes the wrong yes. way. Yes. Uh like wait until the clear out happens and instead of going left where it's like a little bit awkward for you, um in, into the middle of the paint, drive right here, or just like be patient, clear out, balls tie, jab fake, and just like shoot the shot there. But I do think this is the next development after developing that that mid-range shot that okay. I can face you up. I'm a threat. You have to pay attention to me. And so now I can get into a quick move and, and actually make something go into the hoop. And, and I think this was, you know, a, a good example of it. He's, he's patient, waits for space, two dribbles, a quick turn. And he, he's good. I think he's got good touch around the rim um, in the post. And, you know, I, I think maybe UCF should, feature him there a little bit more but also he's not like super strong and you know he's not like a guy you want to force feet touches but i do think there are opportunities to get him looks there uh even if it's on like quick dives or or whatever but like i think this kind of little combo here it's so simple like this would come right off the face up and now they're guarding you for the shot they're playing up a little bit and you might catch a, a slower footed big um or a guy who's maybe a little bit smaller and now you could take advantage use your height and your length to attack yeah yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Corey. But I mean, just kind of going back to what I said before, too. It's like these the, theoretically, this is a great kind of shot for him to take. It's just right now where he's at in his development. A lot of the times, as you mentioned, it just feels like he panics a little bit and, and he's just going at like a crazy ass pace. Um, and when he does that, he ends up losing the ball a lot more than he ends up, you know, keeping and get a shot, getting a shot up when, and of course, like sometimes he gets fouled or whatever, but a lot mm-hmm. of it's, a lot of times it is pretty freaking sloppy, but this, this clip that you're playing here is actually pretty freaking like this looks pretty damn good, but, but it's simple. Exactly. When he keeps, when he keeps things simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It looks fluid. And again, he's faced up goofy footed, uses that left foot to jab. Um, but it's two dribbles and a yeah. shot. And like, that's his bread and butter. His bread and butter is just keeping the game as, as basic as possible. Because when he does that, it's fluid and and he he has physical tools that allow him the benefit to do that. Yeah. You know, like not everybody has that to them where where they could do that, but he does. So um 
I think that, that that's something that he could use with a shot. I mentioned the post-up stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I also think that he's got good touch on these little like fadeaways. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's simple. It's on the block. He's not trying to overpower anybody. He he gets position, one Great dribble on this one, yeah, and just a, a clean look. And and I like that. I love when he keeps it simple. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's really nice. And you you understand why he could fit into an NBA offense. Who it's like, all right, you're you're playing off of you know different guys like uh, who are are actual number one options, making hundreds of millions of dollars. We don't need you to create. You're not you're not at UCF anymore. So how can you contribute in um, a really simplistic way? but a really valuable way. And it's little stuff like this, taking advantage of little mismatches, that little turn over the, the right shoulder, little fadeaway jump shot using your height and your length and your touch. Boom. Yeah, that's really exact, good stuff. Yeah, that's the exact shot I was talking about before. Like, this this looks good. Look at that. That's nice, you know? And he looks comfortable taking it as well, which is an important thing. Because, Corey, like, if, if you notice, a lot of the shots that he, like, clanks and, like, they're really bad misses, he doesn't look comfortable. It, as you mentioned mm-hmm. before, it just looks like he's taking shots that he's not used to taking that, you know, Patrick Ewan would probably be asking, like, when did you practice that? Do you ever practice yeah. that? What kind of <laughs> yeah. shot is that, you know? Like, uh, but it, it's really evident with him. Like, when it's a shot that he's comfortable taking, it does look fluid. It looks natural. But right here over the right shoulder again very nice but like when, when it's something exactly exactly but it looks natural it looks correct like it looks like oh like he's, he's taking the shot before patrick ewing would will not be berating <laughs> him for taking this shot but other times it looks really clunky and weird so maybe you know with hendrix he's one of these players where it's like really evident when he's comfortable and taking a shot that he's used to taking and also like it's really evident when not yeah, I, I think so. And luckily, I, he's not going to have a ton of freedom. Like, I don't think he's this top mm-hmm. five guy that is just going to be force fed reps. You know what I mean? I I think um, it's going to be like, hey, man, do do what you're good at. Uh, so that's good news for, for him as a prospect. Um, this is, I think, maybe a little bit of what you mean of like when it's a little out of control, right? Yeah. It's like this is a, a a drive from the top of the key. Everybody listening, he's faced up. He's trying to do a little bit with the dribble. He's You're not really losing anybody yeah. with his handle. <clears throat> Even yep. he's throwing a little in and out fake uh-huh. in there on the defender, but like you're not really crossing anybody up. It's very straight line drivey. And then no burst you know, he, on the shot too. Yeah, he doesn't have a quick first step. No. You no. know? Um, for he is a good athlete, but he doesn't have that explosive quick first step and he doesn't have the, the strength at this point to dip that shoulder and move the guy off his spot consistently in these scenarios, especially when it's a little clunky, it's a little awkward because he's doing something that is, you know, uncomfortable for him and which is trying to create off multiple dribbles. So Mm. that's something that I don't think is going to be a big part of his game at the NBA level. Mm. I just don't. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I, it just reminds me of like RJ Barrett in his rookie season. I remember he was playing. I don't remember if it was this. I don't remember what team Jimmy Butler was currently playing for at the time, but um, he, he tried to like go through Jimmy Butler's chest and like totally didn't work. And then Butler literally like grabbed him and was like, Hey man, like next time you do this, like you got to go a lot harder into the chest and then that'll create the separation. It was like a little coaching moment, even though yeah. like we play for different teams. And I, I was reminded of that watching these clips, just thinking like, Oh, like Hendricks just needs to learn that a little bit 
more and that'll help but as of now like also like even like when he got to the rim on the on the clip that you just showed like just zero burst because he wasn't able to move his man at all and then he just kind of got overpowered even as he was taking the shot so uh hopefully that comes hopefully that comes quick aside and quick jimmy butler story mm -hmm. so we all know that jimmy butler um after the vanessa carlton video likes to to sing right and we all know his affinity for country music mm -hmm. jimmy butler is also a personality he's a character mm -hmm. so one of my best friends uh is a sony songwriter okay he is he has a publishing deal so Flex. he he writes songs um for country artists in nashville mm -hmm. And he is a, you know, he, he had a punk rock band growing up and basically now every kid who had a punk rock band growing up that didn't give up on music writes country songs in Nashville. So basically what these guys have like their own managers, like songwriters, and they set up writing sessions for, for their writers. Because if you're a, a published, like if you have a publishing deal, you have to, you know, submit a certain amount of songs in a certain amount of time. So they set up these writing sessions, hoping that you can get something and then you cut it if it's good, you know, and, and you write with a group of people. And, you know, that's how the, the magic is, is made. Um, currently has a top 40 song that he wrote for Jelly Roll. So if you're a country fan, and you like Jelly Roll. My guy wrote that song that's currently on the radio. Um, so. Bringing this back to Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler loves country music. And Jimmy Butler gets himself involved in writing sessions for country wow. music. Wow. So uh, my, my guy's number one goal for this summer is to, and his guy knows Jimmy's guy, is trying to set, he's trying to set himself up with a, a country writing session with Jimmy Butler. Wow. Because Jimmy is like that. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, I'll say you are also your guy's guy. So hopefully... Shout out Joe. Uh, Joe Ragasta, Joe. Um, yeah. who, who was my first episode of Home and Away for, for the mm. podcast feed. <laughs> hopefully Joe can get you in the building, too. That would be dope. It would be dope. Let's get back to Taylor Hendricks. Here's something that I want to talk about that I don't see enough from him. I think that he is a little too stationary at times. And maybe this is just the scheme. And I think he does a better job of, of moving off the ball when, you know, uh, UCF is playing against the zone. I think, you know, there's typically it's like, all right, I, I know I have to flash to the free throw line or, you know, I'm moving baseline to baseline, you know, corner to corner, whatever. So he does a little, there's a little bit more movement um, there, but he's, when he does it, he's good at it. I just don't think he does it enough. And I want to see him get easy baskets off of cutting to the hoop, finding gaps, finding space. You know, right here, he does a good job. Another Jarris uh, Walker blunder loses sight of uh, Taylor Hendricks, slides right behind him on the baseline and creates an easy dunk for him um, off a dump off from the guard. So like if, if he doesn't cut, his guard is in no man's land. He's screwed. Like this is this does wonders for your offense, and it keeps the defense guessing. Um, because now Jarris has to wonder, like, oh, he's not just going to stay in in the corner. He's actually going to move around. That's going to make his job harder because now he has to be aware of more things. So it, it's something I do think he's good at. It's something I don't think he does enough. I agree, Corey. Um, I believe on this season he's only missed one dunk. Um, if I'm not 
yeah, he's 33 for 34 on dunks on the season, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Around the rim, he's 81 for 125, which is 65%. Yeah, that's good. good numbers. That Those good are numbers. good numbers, right? Yeah. And so I, I think, Corey, just to kind of like piggyback off of what you said, like if he were to create more opportunities for himself around the rim, well, what does that lead to, right? It's the inverse of what we usually talk about with shooters. It's, oh, well, if you're shooting really well from outside, that'll give you more opportunity around the rim. For a guy like Hendricks, he's a guy who is – proving to be really good around the rim if he can continue to find easy opportunities there well the inverse of that is i'm sure that'll lead to him you know finding more opportunities from outside as well so um i I think what we've talked about a lot on this episode with him is like kind of how he gets to his shots and how he you know creates opportunities for himself but the overall shooting itself whether it's around the rim or wherever is pretty damn good and also like we, we i mentioned before in passing but one one of the great you know metrics for us or you know uh signs for us when it comes to shooting is free throw shooting and he's at right there at 80 percent on you know not super high volume at 3.4 attempts per game but 79.6 percent is very good for a guy like him so he's yeah for sure um now let's transition to his passing because i think if you think somebody's gonna be a wing you, you want them to pass a little bit you know, you want them to be able to keep the ball moving, maybe dribble, drive, create like the NBA. It, like there's a lot to be asked if you are a, a true wing. And I, I don't see it in those circumstances all the time. Um, little nice, nice little face up. Here you go. That's finds a cutter. Um, one or two dribbles off here when he keeps it simple and he's patient and he has time to survey and see the court. I think that he's got okay passing feel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like like because he's tall and he could see over you know defenders so I, I think he's got okay passing feel when he has time i think it, it shows a lot uh when he gets to operate out of the post mm-hmm Corey, I think it also happened because like they they played against a good amount of zone too. So when you'd flash to the top and catch mm-hmm. it there, there were a couple uh, nice like high low passes that he made uh, into you know to the baseline that I thought were really nice. But uh, overall, I'm I'm, I'm kind of with you. Oh, well, that's it. That's nice. Now I'm not gonna freak out, but no, that's a pretty good pass. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I. <laughs> uh what's i think i saw somebody who showed like mentioned a tweet a couple weeks ago like anytime a a a draft uh analyst sees like a weak side (laughs) they freak out but um in this moment look at this he's look at his arms dude that's a free that's a pretty nice pass but overall i'm with you um i I think the passing is there but it's not anything in my opinion anything to write home about I, i we're not talking about some elite level passer, but some of the flashes are good for sure. Yeah. And for, you know, the people who are listening in podcast form, you know, basically he's getting the ball on the block, the double comes, it looks like it should be a turnover, but he gets the ball up high and he just whips it from basically like two steps outside of the right block to the weak side corner on a rope. Um, shooter misses the shot, but it's like, uh, you know, it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful pass. Uh, and he does have that, that weak side, vision like yes he does he's shown it multiple times because he's tall you know this is good he takes a little retreat dribble knows where a shooter is count that one that's an assist mm-hmm. right catches it on the the right block sees the double coming reads it there's he's patient the game's not moving fast sees the doubles coming gets rid of it knockdown yeah that's a pretty good one these are pretty good ones i i will say Corey. once again like the flashes are there 
Um, I did feel like a lot of his passes were kind of like, you know, break glass and emergency type of passes. They are. Um, He's a play yeah. finisher. He is. He's, but that's good. That's going to be, it's not a bad thing. Be his role. That's exactly. I'm with you, dude. And um, because when he tries to do a little too much, I think yeah. things mm-hmm. get weird. I, I think things get weird. Like, uh, like, I don't know what the plan is there. Like, basically, he's he's trying to, and he does this, you know, fairly frequently where he'll, like, try to, like, fire these passes through really tight windows. Yeah. Uh, and it's the risk-reward proposition just doesn't really seem to be there a lot of times. Like, I just don't think he he has that pacing and that timing, and he doesn't have the reps now, as we talked with. Uh, talked about with Drew Peterson when he came on the show last week to break down film with us. You can't make certain passes if you don't try them. Yeah. You can't get better if you're not doing it in real time. So as will this ultimately help them help him? Well, if he learns he can't make those passes, it'll help, right? It'll it'll help him know when he can and so. can't when he can and can't do that. So yeah. is there value for him from an NBA perspective trying to do stuff like that? Absolutely. Is it helpful to, you know, efficient offensive basketball not very um and, and you know he just doesn't he's just not a you know a natural passer like no is like he's a pass from the three-point line telegraphed yeah. uh like on a, a post entry you know 30 feet from the hoop we don't need that from him like <laughs> get it's the ball just... to a guard like i get it there's a mismatch there's a you know a, a guard fronting a big on this possession and he wants to I, I do appreciate the fact he wants to punish a mismatch here, yeah. but he doesn't have a good angle. He's at the top of the key. Like, if anything, kick the ball to his teammate on the wing and enter the ball that way. You don't get the recognition. You don't get the assist, but you also don't throw this bad turnover. Yeah. Corey, the running theme with Taylor Hendricks is whenever he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing, it looks freaking weird. Like, look at that pass. I, obviously, if you're if you're listening, you can't see it, but it, it just looks incredibly awkward. There's like no nuance at all to that pass. Like he's, as you mentioned, just absolutely telegraphing it. He he, his body positioning even looks weird. He's like in, in like a half hunch over, and so clearly is passing the ball. Like it, it it's it's gnarly. It's gnarly. He's got to, <laughs> he's, he's one of these guys, Corey. He's got to stay within himself. He's got to learn right. to stay within himself. And again, there's nothing wrong with staying within yeah. yourself. Like it's a strength. Um, but there's a lot to like offensively. It may be simplistic. I think he's, you know, I think he's going to have that little mid range 15 footer. I think he's going to be a pick and pop guy. He's going to be a floor spacer. I think he's a guy that you could put in the dunker spot. He's going to, you know, rim run and transition. He's going to have, he's going to be really efficient on offense in his role because it's going to be simple. And look, if he develops it five years from now, now you're you understand why people might be higher on him. I don't know if he's going to get there. I don't think his, you know, like I understand the idea of his high end outcome doing that. Yeah. I think he's much more likely to hit his median end. Yeah, outcome. Corey, but, really quickly, you said yeah. simple. Simple is good. A margarita pizza, simple, elegant, beautiful, good every single time. So, well, you've never had margarita pizza in you know, Ohio. <laughs> I don't want to ever. Not to say, not to say, I don't want to hate on Ohio. Cleveland style pizza is its own style and it's very good. Oh. But never heard of it, but okay. It is, you know, there's some sesame seeds on on the crust. It's 
it's it's pretty good. Uh, you know, Detroit style pizza. Oh good. yeah, very. You good. know, you know, very good. I I'm a I'm a Chicago deep dish guy. Obviously, I don't think anything's touching a, a solid New York slice, but okay. in from New York. But I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. unless yeah. you've had it in in certain parts of you know the country that aren't accustomed to actually having that as their specialty, don't say that you know it's good every time. <laughs> There's some variance. <laughs> great point great point um let's talk about his defense sure the thing that that pops right away that stands out if you just baseline you're you're looking at his numbers right it's the 1.7 blocks mm-hmm. right he is a uh a guy who you anticipate being a guy who could protect the rim in some capacity yeah from from the weak side he's got good length he's got good instincts right not like this he's not a super athlete but he's a good athlete Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a guy that can come over and at least intimidate, you know, drivers attacking the hoop. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I mean, Corey, you mentioned the one point seven blocks, but also six point two percent block percentage. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, I like that. It's good. It's you yeah. know, it's it's not. Uh, do I think he's going to be Jaron Jackson Jr. like no, you know, defensive yeah. player of the year? Because I've seen you know, I've seen those comps around like I you know I, the guys like Jaron Jackson like Mobley like Anthony Davis like they had like 12 13 14 percent block percentage like there is a, a very distinct and clear difference but I do think Taylor Hendricks does a really good job um as a rim deterrent and mm-hmm. herein lies you know the the, the issue with <laughs> Taylor Hendricks though like at what position is he most valuable? Is his mm-hmm. rim protection as a five most valuable? I don't, we, we said, we don't know if that's, that's where he's going to be best. Um, or is he going to be a guy who you have to, you know, you is going to be out on the perimeter. And so his rim protection isn't going to be quite as valuable as it might be in the college level. Mm-hmm. I, right. He's a four. Give me four. Sign me up for four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like him at, at that spot. That's fine. Because I do think that it, it defensively it isn't his only strength is uh-huh. you know swatting shots it's, it's just not like i think that uh he really does have the ability to switch switch Corey, can we talk about his on-ball defense though um i i wanted to pick your brain on this because i i is it, this is actually a genuine question for me because i think mm-hmm. sometimes I, I don't remember who it was i it was in our group chat we we're talking about zach ed right and um you guys were saying how a lot of people give him crap because of how his feet look at his size i believe nathan was saying he actually thinks that he has really good feet for his size and i think like it, it's a visual thing i think for me as well where sometimes i get confused like i'll see a big guy and to me his feet look slow and then i tell myself wait a minute he's gigantic maybe you have to recalibrate your expectations here albert and like i have this like inner dialogue where i'm not sure whether i like a certain prospect's feet or not sometimes especially like big men so like watching taylor Hendricks, there were moments where i was like oh look like he's like fluid and he's moving well like this looks pretty good here but then there are other moments where I feel, it felt like his feet were like really clunky and he was like crossing over his feet and kind of like, you know, not really be a- being able to like find his balance. So that's why I wanted to ask you how you felt, because for me, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not is ultimately what I'm trying to say. So sometimes it looks really smooth. Yeah. And other times it looks a little awkward and it's because i don't think he has the cleanest feet but i think it comes from the fact that his hips are so tight 
Okay. So, so this is where I buy into him as a defensive mover out on the perimeter. It's when he has a guy and he is shading him to a side mm-hmm. and he can meet him at the spot laterally. I think sometimes, and I'll have a, uh, you know, kind of a clip later. Cause I think it really typically happens almost when he's like more so like in a drop or like a soft switch or something like that, where he doesn't quite dictate the defensive possession and he gets caught and because he's got those tight hips and he's caught flat footed, he can get beat. But I do think that when he can dictate the possession, like he does here where he's clearly shading him to the sideline and then he's got him in a tough spot, you know, he's going to a, a post up and now the shot clock's kind of low and, you know, he's using his length to contest that shot. I think in these scenarios, he, he moves his feet pretty well and it doesn't matter what side he's on. Uh, I, I think that he has the, the quickness and, and, the fluidity to move uh, on switches too. Like when when he's he knows that the switch is coming. Jamal Shed here, like this is a good defensive possession, right? Jamal Shed's a a, a great point guard for potentially the best team in the country. He mm-hmm. steps up, switches, beats him to a spot, and then he's got great anticipation yeah. on on closeouts. That's a, that's another one of his strengths, in my opinion, is that he just really knows when to. Uh, to contest these these shots so uh, when it when it works um i think it looks it looks really good yeah yeah and and i'm with you and also like the the thing with him is like he's got such good length too and as we've mentioned a couple times already like good functional athleticism like when it's on it's on it's just like i I just felt like there were some times where and 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 of course like this is normal right for a guy who's like six nine six ten like the smaller twitchier guards are going to be hard for anybody at that size so i can understand some awkwardness or whatever but i i think just for me like at times like i had to kind of recalibrate how i was viewing him to like be like hey he's actually a good on-ball defender like i I, it's just sometimes these smaller guards are going to give everybody trouble so well well this is a good example of what you're talking um in this clip here that we're playing against Cincinnati because the the end result is he gets a good contest on the shot, but you could see him kind of fidgety Mm -hmm. and fumble his, his footsteps because the guard is, you know, changing directions quite often, uh, changing speeds, changing pace, step backs. He's long enough to get the contest, but at the NBA level, that's Damian Lillard. Yeah. You know, that's Trey young. That's Fred Van Vliet there. They might knock down that shot. You know, this is a tough shot for a college guard, but it's not going to be for an NBA all-star. And we know how every single team has a guard that can make you pay. So I I do think there's going to be a learning curve for him, even though I do think he's capable of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. And and I think that's going to be early on in his development, but something that over the years and over time, he can get really good at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, and and this is another example of just kind yeah. of being caught flat-footed a little bit. Marcus Sasser, quick, twitchy, one of the maybe the mm-hmm. tightest handle in the entire draft class. Uh, barely ever turns it over for a guy who you know handles a ball like him, and he's quick. He's got that first step, and he just can't beat him to the spot, yeah. right? Like Sasser is dictating this entire possession. Uh, Hendricks is kind of caught in the middle. He doesn't know if he's going to step up too high, put pressure, or kind of drop back for you know the drive, and he just he gets caught. And look, at, for young bigs, these scenarios are very much so normal. Like, yeah, you know, but but when you actually are breaking down like the footwork, you have to look like, is this something that is going to be a detriment? And I don't think it's going to be a detriment, yeah. but I also don't, I, I think there's going to be an adjustment. 
I mean, for sure. Yeah. I, he's not going to be Draymond Green from day one um, at all. But no. He, he's <laughs> fair to say. I don't, fair. I don't, I, 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 I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> but but the potential is there and i'm definitely w- with you on that yeah and then as you mentioned like the off ball stuff has been pretty great to watch too but look at this like uh, for our listeners who can't see this right now like this is, this is a nice contest Long yeah on a, on a wing on a yeah. wing you know like and there's no like low shot clock or anything it's just early offense steps up you know and, and look at that anticipation on yeah. on the contest he yeah. like he could I, I think he's got the scout down like i think he's good he at knowing players strengths mm-hmm. uh he knows that you know landers nolly likes to to shoot at his size and pull up and he does a good job of just anticipating getting a hand up and and you know causing an air ball here so um there is a lot to like on the ball and i think he is going to be versatile i don't know if he's going to be able to like I, I want him guarding ones but i would be comfortable i think two through four on on switches but i think some of these quicker guys are going to give him a little bit of trouble not to say that he's incapable of doing it because he's had some really really impressive moments at the same time like right here he's in a drop get that shit out of here see send the shit like don't you're challenging me are you kidding me Mm -hmm. right like sees it the whole way sends it into the into the stands I, I will say, Corey, like kind of like a volleyball player, he's pretty good at high pointing balls. Um, yes. a lot of the blocks that he had, he's he that's he a great sh- point. He does that a lot, actually. Um, like which means like he has really great anticipation and timing, and obviously, like the length and the athleticism helps too. But that's that really is like an instinct thing. Like volleyball players, like it's hard to high point balls like that. And you know, some of the clips that you're showing and what I watched on film as well is a strength of his for sure. Yeah, and uh, this is a a, pos- a good possession that kind of shows his overall um, yeah. defensive impact. Like he's meeting uh, Pajemski at the level, gets back to his man, and then when uh, AirPods drives to the hoop, and that's something that I'm I'm going to tr- uh, trademark AirPods. Uh, shout out to me for that nickname. Uh, he comes over and and blocks him at the rim, but he kind of shows it all off. Hedge, recover, and now I'm back. I see with the ball. Give me that shit at and uh in the in the chat and shout out to everybody who's watching live on YouTube. Uh Moro Z earlier asked, Can you see Brandon uh Pajemski? For me, he should be a first round pick. Um and I I'm not gonna lie, Pods is a guy who has given me a little bit of of trouble figuring out exactly where to rank him. On one hand, I, I think he uh, really moves like uh, maybe like a post prime Goran Dragic, uh, and his advanced stats are kind of out of this world. Um, but at the same time, I, I really think he struggles against NBA length, and I I thought that the possession that we just showed, where Taylor Hendricks kind of challenges him which you're, you're going to get on a nightly basis at the NBA level is something he's going to have to kind of figure out. It reminds me of Killian Hayes, mm. um, where Killian was able to finish in Germany against guys who weren't like really super athletic. But when he got up against those athletic guys, it, it didn't look good. And that did, it, that's been one of his major things was that athleticism gap. Now pods is a good floater and, and that's, but if, if you, rely on it too much you know teams are just going to step up and it's going to be a harder shot than it is 
you know, when you're not on the scouting report. But uh, I really liked and enjoyed that uh, that possession defensively from from uh, Taylor Hendricks. And I think, you know, this is where we say he's um, going to be a four is that I think in the post, these bigger guys yeah. are just going to it's just going to be hard. They're going to go for, right through him. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for him to move them off. Like not to say he's incapable and we'll show a good clip too. Um, but this is just, you know, he's not really doing much here to make the temple big work on the block here. And, and, and ideally you don't want him in the too many of these situations. Like if he's got to guard some of these and not even necessarily like Joel and Jokic, like I think he's going to have trouble against like the Sabonis types too. You know, who aren't like massive, like behemoth seven footers, right? Like a lot of these skill guys, uh, I think are, you know, maybe going to give him uh, a little bit of trouble as well in in the post. Oh, I'm with you. But like also, Corey, like once again, like it all depends on how these NBA teams are projecting things, right? Like all the flashes that we've talked about. And like even in the highlight clips, Corey, that you've shown during this pod, like there are some really nice moments, right? And then how do NBA teams value that and evaluate that and how they, you know, how much weight they put into this. But it, it, it he's going to struggle. He is like even like a Shangoon, like he's going to have a oh, hard time. Guarding. Yeah, like I mean, because of the footwork. Exactly. Like like the the big misses the... Yeah. the bunny here um but you could see he kind of gets to his spot and then he does that little step through and like all that crafty stuff guys like shengu and like that's you know yeah. that's his bag so i but i think that's this isn't where his value lies right. and I, I i do think that one of the reasons maybe this south florida big man misses you know this bunny is because taylor hendrix is long and you do have to worry about him coming from behind and getting a piece right so it's not just like there, there is that aspect, that positive to it. That, like, all right, you still have to shoot over the top, or and, and worry about him getting a, you know, a hand on the ball. No, for sure, man. That that length is there, and and you know, of course, like like we talked about before, like when he's high pointing balls, that will intimidate people, and they will have that in the back of their minds. So, nah, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there anything else that, from a you know, uh, a scouting perspective that that you want to touch on? Just like the last point that I wanted to make uh, on defense was like, I feel like, and, and this is normal, you know, this is not me saying like, this is a major issue with him, but just like, because the guy is such a good block uh, shot blocker, I think he can get a little greedy sometimes and he'll, he'll go for balls that he just has 0% chance of getting. And then that leads to an offensive rebound and a put back dunk and things like that. But um, no, it's nothing too major, that's fair. but I, I think he can kind of tighten that up a little bit. I think that's fair. All right, so if you're buying stock in Taylor Hendricks, who may you have bought stock in previously? Um, I just had a couple of names. So for me, this is like, I think his 1% outcome, Corey, is if okay. like everything goes right, everything goes right, I think he could be Kyle Kuzma. If everything goes right, if everything goes right, was the name that I thought of. I'm not saying he will be Kyle Kuzma, but... That's if he uh, develops the ball skills. Exactly. The ball skills have to be there for him to be a Kyle Kuzma type. Um, and then I thought of some like weird names like Perry Jones, um, which is not like the best name. And I realized like that's he if he were to hear this, he'd be pretty upset. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then people um, liked him. 
I, yeah, I mean, dude, he was highly touted before he got to Baylor, and then you know things happened. Um, Christian Wood type of guy, mm. obviously, would yeah. I think a little bit bigger, but um, those were the type like of that one. types of guys that yeah came to mind. I like that one. Um, so you know, I know Jeremy Grant is a popular one, uh, but again, that that is, I think, a very high end outcome. I think Jeremy's creation ability. Uh, Zay on YouTube says Covington maybe and maybe like later Covington because there's not like a ton of creation right I, I still feel yeah. like Covington was a little bit more like wingy yeah you know like but I but Covington-esque I could I could see that uh the the two names that I came up with and are Jaden McDaniels yeah good uh who's become an absolute terror nightmare defensively for opposing you know offensive players and um, offensively, even though he he came like he was a highly touted offensive prospect, like his game, I think, is much more simplistic at the NBA level playing off of other stars. And I think that's good. And I think that's why he's been so impactful and is, you know, why people have fallen in love with his game at the NBA level and why he's been such a steal. The other name. Jabari Smith, Jr., A hundred percent fair, Corey. It is fair. What have we learned so far about Jabari Smith Jr. in his young NBA career? So. Look, Jabari, what did we worry about with him last year? We said we worried about his his creation and that translating. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, his ability to guard like fives. Is he a wing? If you can't dribble the ball comfortably and i think jabari was a better ball handler last year it is very hard to be a wing and size down jabari is a four and that is offensively theoretically jabari and shangun should fit but jabari's struggling shooting i wouldn't worry about that too much in the long run um but that defensive like can we actually pair jabari and shangun together because they kind of are like who guards who and blah like that is a, a a thing for for Houston offensively? What's his role in the NBA right now? Play catch finisher, and shoot, play finisher, catch and shoot, pick and pop, um, space the floor, right? Uh, maybe attack off a closeout. Every once in a while, you get the ball in the mid range. You know, maybe you jab step, create nothing too crazy. Keep it simple. I don't think I I, I think <laughs> Jabari was a more mobile mover on the perimeter consistently. I think Taylor Hendricks is a better shot blocker. I think Jabari, while not a strength, maybe was slightly better. I I trusted slightly more as like a passer, even though I wouldn't really mention either of those guys doing that for, for any reason. But I don't think their roles are going to be too dissimilar at the NBA level. And if you are closer to the 10 range, why can't you picture him having a long-term Jabari Smith-esque outcome and outplaying a top 10 thing and being more toward – because Jabari's going to be fine. And ultimately, I think there's a good chance that he does live up to maybe not the third spot in the draft. I didn't have him there personally. I think I had him at five by the time the draft ended. But that five to 10 range – why can't Taylor Hendricks have a similar path? 
I think this is why you're the best in the business. My mind, Stop it. <laughs> my mind would not even let me go there because this is the guy who went third in the draft last season. But every point that you made makes sense because uh, look at all of our, as you mentioned, look at all the look at all the concerns we had about Jabari. All that has played out in the NBA, and we are not calling him a bust at all. Um, but you know, it, it we had concerns. And that's kind of played out. And Taylor Hendricks has very similar concerns. And um, I think NBA teams potentially may look at him kind of the way that they looked at Jabari Smith last year, right? Hoping that he becomes more of a wingy type of player. But I think that's kind of a dream at this point. So that's a good I agree. Point. And with that, with that said, talking about dreams, it's now time for uh, America's favorite segment sponsored by Insert your pen brand here it's time albert for you to sell me this pen on taylor hendrix first off uh pilot bick all of you guys paper mate i'm really disappointed that you guys are just completely just you know sitting on your hands um you know missing this opportunity but here we go i'm gonna sell you on a pen a very intriguing pen a rock solid pen that you would use all the time that's consistent that's reliable and that's taylor Hendricks. i think T- taylor Hendricks, as we've just spent the last hour talking about his game when you simplify his role and you simplify what you ask him to do he's going to be really good at it he's going to be a knockdown shooter he's going to provide a ton of space he's shooting over 40 percent from three on high volume in his freshman season at ucf he's a guy who defensively is going to be rock solid for you he's going to be reliable both on ball, off ball, as a help defender. He's going to do so many things for you in, in those areas where if you just ask him to sit in those roles and to do those things for you, then you're going to be really, really happy. It's when you start asking him to do more than what he's comfortable with is where you're going to start having problems and he may run into a little bit of trouble and then you're going to start wondering what the hell are we doing here? So uh, it, the pen that I'm trying to sell you on is one that's really effective and really strong in its role. And that's Taylor Hendricks, but please be careful. Be aware. Don't ask too much of him and then you'll be all right is Taylor Hendricks. If you're taking a state standardized test and the test says you need to fill the Scantron out in pencil, you should fill the Scantron out in pencil. The pen that Taylor Hendricks provides is a really good pen. And if you need to write a letter, right, that you might want to use that pen. You want to fill out a birthday card? Mm-hmm. sign a loan use that pen yeah but you can't use the pen in every circumstance where you're using a writing utensil good good <laughs> but that pen is going to get the job done if you need to sign a check <laughs> it's gonna do a really good job it's gonna be effective at its role and i think that's taylor Hendricks. Corey, i had a friend in high school who filled out his scantron with a green pen how do you think Classic. he did on that test? <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who has proctored over 100 tests in my life, AP testing, wow. New York State Regents testing, mm-hmm. SATs, I just can't even express how often I'm like, I know I'm saying to you out loud, sometimes on a microphone, that you can't use a gel pen, a purple pen, 
a red pen, a pencil, whatever. You have to use a black or blue pen. And I know I'm saying it because I and I know you're hearing it because I'm saying it. But I need you to read the directions and then I need you to 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 show me and prove to me that you heard me because there's always one. And I always say there's going to be one of you and you need you want to make sure it's not you who's not listening right now. But there's always one person that it is because they weren't listening. But that's just, you know, that's an aside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I, I, really quickly, Corey, the kids who can't follow those directions, they probably end up getting the same grade on that test, whether they use a right pen or not. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably right. Albert, tell uh, the people what you're working on this week, where they can uh, find you and all that good stuff. Uh, this week, I'm writing a piece on Colby Jones uh, from Xavier, um, a guy that I've mentioned a bunch of times already to Corey that I really like. And Corey always responds really good really really good so um he i decided hey i should write about this guy that i seem to like for whatever reason and i got into that and i compared him to a very famous movie character that i hope you guys enjoy and you guys are into um is what i've been writing about i also did a home and away pod this week uh got steven gillespie really good one me i appreciate that man um he came on and we got to talk about his scouting trips talked a little bit about taylor hendrix um and then uh, also we talked about, um, you know, what it's like to be like a content creator thing, you know, like we mm-hmm. write a lot and we do pods and we do all kinds of different um, creating. And I think, um, you know, it's not always the easiest. And it was fun to kind of pick Steven's brain and about how he goes about his business. So uh, that's what I did. My Twitter handle handle is at Alberto with an E. Gim is my Twitter handle. My IG handle is GTG NBA is where you can find me. And you can find me at Corteleba on Twitter. You can follow No Ceilings NBA on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, all that fun stuff. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are pumping out great content there. Make sure you rate, review the podcast feed five days a week. As Albert said, he did Home and Away this week. We had uh, Nick and Steven again on on the Deep Dives podcast. You had the on Monday. You had uh, the Draft Deeper guys do a really fun episode. Loose Cannon Nate. Uh, showed up and then um, following us tomorrow or Friday, if you're you're listening to this on the feed, is is going to be the the Tyler's returning to action. So, really good stuff there. Sign up to NoSillingsNBA.com. It's free. Come on, subscribe. Subscribe to it. We, it's free every single day. You know what I mean? Do it. All right. Uh, until next week, where we will be back covering another prospect. We're out. Peace. Peace.